0: Let's welcome Brother Dillingham right now. Let him know we're here to receive the word. Whatever you feel, all oh, right. praise the Lord. <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. Christian did better tonight than I did on my first sermon. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Did you awesome? In fact, I remember I was so nervous, the first sermon I preached, that my text was many are called, but few are chosen. And I had an absolute mental block. And I said, is it chosen or chosen? Chosen, chosen. I had a a mental block. And so I just flipped a coin and landed on the wrong side of the coin. So I said, many are called and few are chosen. I got done. I just stayed with it. I was so embarrassed. The pastor came up to me and said, Boy, that was a good play on words tonight. Many are called, but few are choosing. (laughs) I said, Lord, I think I'd have been a better basketball player, baseball player. Amen. But I'm thankful for what uh, the Lord is doing and for your pastor giving this tremendous opportunity. Um, I I got two scriptures I'm gonna read tonight so I'm gonna have you go there Genesis 1 26 through 28 Genesis 1 26 through 28 and then we're gonna go to Revelation 3 verse 21 as you're going there in your Bible we had a wonderful time today uh, with the state and family and we we broke the bread of life in the church this morning and then we broke bread this afternoon together and um you know anybody can anybody can act a certain way at church but i think you know that your your pastoral family is the real deal no matter where they are isn't that cool that's so awesome this church is the real deal i feel so i i I feel so at home here because it just there's 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 realness there's transparency there's deep desire for the things of god we, we've got so many people in our church that are new converts, so many people in our church that are, you know, I, I told you about district conference and, uh, and, and I don't, I, that just doesn't bother me. It doesn't embarrass me as a pastor. I'm like, man, if y'all had new converts, they would be acting like that too. I didn't mean that the way it came out. <laughs> oh, praise God. Just take your text. Just take your text and preach pastor told us today preachers get in trouble when they go off script amen but I feel what God's doing and 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 in fact the Lord even uh we 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 were talking about coming and then my wife and I talked and I said man I want your whole family I want the pastor Staten said I want your whole family to come I was talking to my wife and I said what do you think let's just turn it into a little mini vacation so we're staying we're not flying back till Thursday we're just going We're gonna pray around the area and and uh and and i just feel like god's doing great things i love what the lord is up to here i'm telling you right now sometimes see here's the deal sometimes it's like people that from so 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 i pastored just two miles from wright patterson air force base and and so what's crazy about it is is there are people from dayton that have never been to the air force museum because it's just the air force museum right and uh somebody was the other day was telling me they married a, a, a lady from California and they live like three miles from the beach. And she said, I don't really like the beach. I'm like, you cray-cray. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and so so sometimes when you're from a place, you know, uh, it's, it's like, you know, how could somebody not go to the Air Force Museum, you know? But yet I talk to people from, you know, natives of the Dayton area that have never been there before and and sometimes when you live in a place you you sort of it just becomes the norm right you don't know what it is that god's up to and you don't know and so it's important i think one of the important things of having guest ministers come in uh it it is the fact that they can speak to you and say you know look let me just tell you what i'm feeling let me just tell you what's here let me just tell you what's on the horizon let me just tell you what's in the spirit realm and um and so i want to i want to talk about that a little bit tonight now I want to say this, I, this is going to be extremely unorthodox tonight as far as just, I'm going to, I've got some scriptures and I really feel like the Lord wants to establish some things scripturally about kingdom dominion and the dominion that we walk in and the dominion that we possess. Amen. And, and, and God has called us to be representers, hasn't he? Image bearers. Right? Jerusalem, the, 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 the pinnacle of, of Judaism, as your pastor said tonight, the temple. Man, Judea, the the it's a geographic expansion. Samaria is a demographic expansion. The Samaritans was a people group. God wants such a multiplication revival to happen in this church that it spills over not only into geographic areas, but demographic areas. Amen. Cult, multi, multi, uh, multicultural revival. I don't even like to use the word multicultural. I, I, use, I actually use the word multi-ethnic revival because it's I, I say it's a multi-ethnic revival because there's only one culture in, in uh, of the kingdom people. Right? Isn't that in this in this there's people from all different walks of life here, but we just have one culture here tonight, right? Praise God. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible said, and God said. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them, and God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And what? I want to connect this to uh, right right now. I want to connect this to Acts 1 and 8. In Acts 1 and what, 8, what do he say? Terry in Jerusalem to be endued with power. He said, You'll be my witnesses. Right? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now go back to Genesis 1, verse 28. Genesis 1 28 wait and wait and wait there we go he says watch and God blessed them and said unto them be fruitful and multiply replenish the earth and subdue it I'm going to tell you something right now that that is that was the dominion authority commissioning of God for his first creation but Acts chapter 1 is the dominion authority commission for the new creation He said, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every living thing that moveth upon, moveth upon the earth. How many believe that God wants us to have dominion over everything through Him in His name? Amen. All right, turn with me to Revelation 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my Father in His throne. Praise God. God is offering us an opportunity if we will overcome to sit with Him in His throne. How amazing is that? He said, come sit with me in my throne. Folks, listen. I'm just, All I can do is quote the scripture. I can't write it. What would happen tonight if we would get an understanding, a revelation of what it is, the great position of, of power and authority that God wants to grant His church and His people, okay? Amen. I want to preach on that for a few moments tonight. Kingdom, dominion. Lord, thank you for your word, for the power of God. Thank you for your spirit, your glory, and your touch. I pray, God, that you would do something supernatural tonight. We commission it to be done in Jesus' name. And the church shouted, amen. You could be seated. Amen. God gives good gifts. It was the end of the school year, and a kindergarten teacher was receiving gifts from her pupils, and the florist's son handed her a gift, and she shook it, and she held it overhead, and she said, oh, I bet I know what it is. Flowers. That's right, said the boy, but how did you know? And the teacher said, oh, it's just a a wild guess. The next pupil was the sweet shop, the, the, the candy maker's daughter. The teacher held the gift overhead and shook it and smelled it a little bit and said, oh, I bet I guess, I bet I can guess what it is. She said, what? And he, she said, a box of sweets. Oh, that's right. How did you know, asked the little girl. Oh, just a wild guess, said the teacher. The next gift was from the son of the liquor store owner. <laughs> the teacher held the package overhead, but it was leaking a little. So she touched a drop of the leakage with her finger and put it on her tongue. Oh, it's wine, she said. No, the boy replied, Guess again. The teacher said, Hmm. She took a little larger drop of it and put it on her tongue. She says, Is it champagne? She asked, No, the boy replied, and he was so excited. She said, Well, I give up. Uh, What is it? And the little boy said, It's a puppy. Can I talk to somebody tonight that God wants to give us gifts and power and authority and dominion that we don't have to guess about? Can I say, it's not subject to our senses. God, walk! come on somebody. God doesn't want to wrap it up in such ways that we're trying to stumble around figuring it out and we get, come on somebody, and we get embarrassed by the guess. God wants to do what he wants to do in ways that are clear and precise and knowable and that bring him glory. Hallelujah. The word dominion is translated from several Hebrew and Greek words. And I, I know sometimes you say Hebrew and Greek and people's eyes glaze over. I'm telling you right now, you're just going to have to stay with me. Because God's going God's to gonna demonstrate his power in this place tonight. God's going to show his power and his authority in this building tonight. But I want to establish some things because here's the deal. I could Listen, I, I want you to get this tonight. I could preach a in fact, let me just say this: Your pastor doesn't need me preaching. He's a preaching machine. Let's see, there's machines and then there's machines, and machines are like better than machines. right? He's a preaching machine. Is he or is he not? He, he doesn't need me here preaching. He doesn't need me here preaching what he needs is for me to cooperatively in agreement to what the holy ghost has been saying around here for quite some time establish those things <laughs> because i could preach a sermon tonight and, and and tickle your ears and 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 we could leave and be like woo didn't we have church and you go to Monday just like you go to every Monday and you go back to work and do your thing God doesn't want that to happen and so guess what I'm I'm going to resist the urge to try to the first time I'm here to try to preach something that is infectious and causes you to go boy I just love that sermon he preached amen I'm going to tell you something right now I don't care if I leave this building and you forget me What I want you to remember is, is that the power and the authority of almighty God, he wants to rest on you, amen. He doesn't want somebody to come bring it from out of town and demonstrate on a Sunday night and then we go about our business. God wants to bring something into the midst of your life that changes your work, your school, and your neighborhood. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! I feel it, I feel it coming in the house right now. I feel it flowing in the house right now. Oh, praise God! You feel it starting to, you feel it starting to rise up inside of you, huh? Come on, I'm gonna tell you. Here's what happens. Here's what happens when you when you settle back in your seat a little bit more. Then you're listening to a sermon. When you sit out on the edge of your seat and start being like, oh, I want me some of that. Now you're starting to move into the place that you're reaching out and grasping a hold of the thing that God wants for you. Mm -hmm. The word dominion is translated from several Hebrew and Greek words that imply possessing mastery over something, possessing mastery over something. Or the power to rule, to have dominion over, comes from the Hebrew word rada, mesal, salat, baal, and from the Greek words kratos, kuriatos, curio, and exousia. The precise nature of the rule or dominion varies with the situation or the context. We're not going to go into each of those words. I just simply want you to understand that the kind of rule, the kind of dominion, the kind of mastery, the kind of establishing of uh, uh, the authority of another or in the place of another, as in the power of attorney, is all encapsulated within those words and it has been granted to us by God God to the New Testament church. In Genesis 1:18 and Job 38:33, the sun and the moon are said to rule over the day and the night. That means that they have influence over. That the light that has been granted unto them by God's creative purpose and the order of Almighty God has given them the ability to affect in dramatic, very dramatic ways. When the sun begins to shine in the daytime, it was, uh, what, 85 degrees today when we got done with lunch. 85 degrees. How How many loves it when summer comes? Anybody? Come on, man. I'm telling you something right now. We had we got we had three times this year where we had ten inches or eight inches or more of snow. So when eighty-five comes, I'm like, bring it on, baby. Hallelujah. Amen. When the sun starts shining, the sun begins to exude or exhibit its influence over the earth. The atmosphere begins to warm. The light begins to shine. Things begin to change. The atmosphere even changes. Light is spoken of in the Bible in the contrast to darkness. The Bible said if our gospel be hid it is hid in them that are lost for the God of this world little G has blinded their minds lest the light of the glorious God come on and talk to me somebody lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should shine unto them and they be converted and so we understand that light has a certain amount of authority and dominion and it affects the atmosphere it heats the atmosphere and so it is that when Jesus Christ moves into a situation things began to change the Bible said that Moses came down out of the mountain and his face shone because God's presence was there and he put a veil upon his face and they said speak to God and tell us what he says because they could not steadfastly behold that which was to be abolished and the word of God tells us that that same veil is remains untaken away to this day at the reading of Moses but when they turn to Jesus the veil is removed why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This isn't in my notes tonight. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. If I preach my whole notes, we'll probably be here for a couple of hours. I think there might be a few people that would stay, some others. Wishing they'd have lifted their hand today. (laughs) How many in this place have family members? Family members that need Jesus. How many have, uh, come on, that's what I'm talking about. How many have family members that are in darkness? How many have their minds blinded? You've told them how good God is. You've told them how awesome God is. You've told them the power and the greatness and the authority of God. Anybody in this building? The Bible said that our gospel is hid in them that are lost to the God of this world has blinded their minds. But the scripture says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to notice something tonight. The three strongholds that are mentioned all exist in the mind. Casting down imaginations. The word imaginations comes from a Greek compound word that means the sum, S-U-M, the sum of two plus two is? Oh, I gave you a hint. I I can't give you a hint here because I'm holding a microphone. The sum of three plus three is? Oh, we got the smart crowd in the house tonight. It is a a word, the word imaginations is is a compound word that means the sum of thoughts. The sum of somebody's thoughts is the accumulated understanding about life, what they've been taught, what they've been told, what they've seen and what they've experienced that creates the lens by which they view the world. But the Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. And sometimes the strongholds are the imaginations of people, the sum total of their thoughts, the lens by which they view the world. But God says, That the authority that's been given to us can pull those things down in Jesus' name. The Bible said the veil, amen. The veil is removed in Christ. Amen. Oh, can I go there? The Bible said, the Bible said God called, Amen. You can be seated for just just just, just a second here, okay? I I, want to get out amongst the people here. The Bible said that God called Abraham, God called Abraham and he said, he said, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. Get out from your country, your your kindred, your father's house, go to land that I'm going to show you. The Bible said that uh, time progressed, he sojourned down south, he came, come back, and the Bible said that they were at the altar. at the altar, the Bible said that the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham gathered together. and said that the the land is too narrow for us because of the great multiplication, the great fruitfulness, and the blessing of God. The Bible said that Abraham looked at Lot, and he said to Lot, he said, listen. He said, this this isn't right. He said, we're related. He said, you go ahead and choose whichever direction you want to choose. Go wherever you want to go. And Lot saw the well-watered plains. He had cattle, and he said, man, this is good grazing land. This is good pasture. And so he said, I'm going to choose this direction. And Abraham went the other way. And while Lot, listen, and as Lot was leaving the altar, the Bible said that the Lord said to Abraham, lift up now thine eyes. And look to the north and the south and the east and the west. For all the land that thou seest, to thee and to thy seed will I give it. Folks, listen. Abraham at this particular point in his life had been several years in that land. He had seen it many times. This isn't the first time that he had seen it. But the Bible said, lift up now thine eyes. Why? Because the word lot is significant. The word lot in the Aramaic language means veil. The word lot means veil. That's when, why when Abraham came to the land of promise and he looked around and it was in a famine, he said certainly this can't be the promised land. But he could not see it because God had told him, come out from your kindred, your country, your father's house and I'll show you the land. He had not fully come out from his kindred, his country, and his father's house because he brought Lot with him. But it says, but it happened. Watch, the scripture says it. After that Lot was separated from him you can say it like this it happened after the veil was gone are you tracking with me it happened after the veil was gone but God said there we go that God said lift up now thine eyes And look to the north and the south and the east and the west. This is the land. Let let me tell you something right now. You may have seen the promises. You may have seen the places God wants to take you to. You may have seen the authority that God wants you to walk in. But I'm here to tell somebody right now in this building that God wants the veil to fall off of our eyes. He wants the veil of flesh and flesh thinking and flesh living. Come on, somebody. It has to happen to us before we can allow it to happen to them. The Bible said that that veil that is over the eyes of Israel at the reading of Moses remains untaken away. But the veil is removed in Christ. Why? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The darkness that exists in the minds and the hearts of the people that you know and love is a darkness that has happened because the God, little g, of this world has blinded their minds. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty, hallelujah, to the pulling down of imaginations every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I'm telling you something right now. God said you've got weapons, amen, that no matter how blinded people are no matter the darkness that has invaded their thinking the authority of God can flow through you for, come on, for missional success. We've got to receive that in Jesus' name. All of that, an understanding from the fact that God said to the sun and moon that they are to rule over the day and the night. But the light is called to prevail and to bring its influence to the expelling of darkness. The Bible said that we have been taken from darkness into what, his marvelous light? Oh my goodness! I got I, I feel the Holy Ghost, and I better be careful because I I feel Revelation flowing in this house right now. Dominion can express the authority to govern, or possessing governing power. Judges fourteen says, but his father and mother did not know that it was the Lord talking about Samson. That he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So Samson went down. to How many in this place know tonight that God doesn't want any enemy to have dominion over you? He doesn't want, he want dominion over your mind. He doesn't want dominion over your life. He doesn't want dominion in your marriage. He doesn't want the enemy to have dominion in your marriage. He doesn't want the enemy to have dominion over your children. Bible said, Samson went down to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. What I'm telling somebody in this building tonight is this. God, God had chosen Samson to bring dominion back to the people that God wanted to have dominion. In our text, we see that God gave Adam and Eve dominion. Because God is the creator of all his, uh, of all that we see and know. If God's creator of this world, the Psalm 27 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And so we need to understand tonight that his dominion will last forever. And he is free to delegate that authority over the works of his hand to humankind, according to Psalm 8 and 8. So humans and more... The people of God, the redeemed, are called by God to exercise responsibility in their dominion and care over all of God's creation, thereby imitating God's character and reflecting his ruling authority over all things. Dominion refers to the rule of sin and death over mankind, Psalm 19, Matthew 14. After the fall, dominion refers to the power structures of the spirit realm. Listen, the final horizon for biblical writers in both the Old and New Testament is the dominion that ultimately belongs to God. And I'll give you my notes, and you can read them all. Job 25, 2, Psalm 72, 8, Daniel 4, 3, 34, 1 Timothy 6, 16, 1 Peter 4, and 11. and And the media team's like, oh, my Lord, I'm thankful he's not Want me to put all those up there. Listen, that's why prophetically the idea of dominion carries prophetic messianic overtones. That's why, listen, here's what I want you to get tonight. That's why dominion is specifically connected to and related to messianic prophecy. Jesus didn't just come to save us from hell. He came to reestablish the dominion that God initially attended in the scripture that we read in Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to tell you something right now. we got to have churches that are not satisfied simply being sitting and warm in a pew. I know it doesn't exist here, but in some churches it does. But, but, but we, we just can't have people that are satisfied, biding their time, waiting for the rapture, or waiting to go home, and waiting to be free from sin and say, well, thank God I missed hell. Can I tell you that God's got greater purpose and a greater reason for redeeming you? He wants to reestablish his kingdom rule and authority. In you. Isaiah 9 and 6 says this, "For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. What shall be on his shoulder?" the government, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of... Uh, listen, listen, I, I don't have time to go there. But Colossians tells us, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Huh? Huh? Let the peace of God rule in your heart. How does the peace of God rule in your heart? We, we think of it in ethereal terms. We, we think of, of it as abstract concepts. Well, I hope the peace of God rules in my heart. I'm going to tell you something right now. God wants us to understand it's far more concrete than just simply a feeling of peace. If Jesus is the prince of peace, that means he's the ruling authority. And if he sits on the throne of your heart, the peace of God rules In your heart, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'm moving quickly, but listen Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above, far above. He's not just above, he's far above all. Principality and power. How many principalities and power is Jesus having dominion over? all. Oh. Far above all, principality and power and might and dominion in every name that's named not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. And so watch this. it not only has spatial, it not only has spatial ramifications, but it also has time ramifications. It's in the present and it's in the world to come. I'm here to tell somebody right now what you're experiencing in your life right now is an expression of the, of the experience that God wants us to have in the world to come. That's why the Bible said that we have the first fruits of our inheritance. Yeah. Hang with me tonight. Hang with me tonight. The Bible said, far above all principality, power, and a dominion, ever name this name, not only in this age but that which is to come, and he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let me ask you a question tonight. Ready? All right. This is it. Pop quiz. You ready for a pop quiz? All right. Verse 23 says that this head and authority over the church, putting all things under his feet, the Bible said the church is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. How does God fill all in all in the created realm right now? Through his church. I want you to get this right now. How is God reigning in the earth right now? His, listen, listen. His authority is established. He has power. There, there, listen, there is no challenger to Jesus. Sickness is no challenger to Jesus. The reason why I want you to understand tonight that you can, you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get to a point that you can literally walk up to somebody that's got a sickness. I don't find Jesus in Acts chapter, or excuse me, uh, Peter in Acts chapter 3, walking up to the guy at the, at the gate beautiful, And walking up to him, and the Bible said that he said, look on us, and he expecting to receive something from them said, he he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. I don't find him saying, here, come here, let's get up and have a prayer meeting. I don't find him saying, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, God, let the power of your spirit begin to fall right here, God. Let your glory, no. You know what he did? You know what he did? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now listen, our worship better be fiery. Our praise better be exciting. When we have church, we better get on it. We better, we better dance and shout and run the aisles. But I'm going to tell you something right now. All of that is an engagement and interaction relationally with God and fellowship with one another. But we don't have to work up the authority. I personally believe that one of the reasons why we don't see the number of miracles that God wants us to see is because, number one, you ready? Number one is because we are, in our minds and in our hearts, we are not aware of what God wants to do through us. Number one. Number two, it is hard to replicate out there what we feel in here. We take the most powerful service that we feel and experience in here and we think, man, if I could just get them into the presence of God. Man, if I could just get, listen, listen, I want you to get this. In Acts chapter three, Peter was on his way to the temple at the hour of prayer. He did not lift the guy up and say, hey, can you hang on to my shoulders? I'm gonna take you into this prayer meeting. We're gonna get it fired up and we'll get you healed. He went into the prayer meeting healed. The Bible, come on somebody. When he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, watch. The Bible said immediately, he received strength in his ankle bones. And he got up and the Bible said, leaping and dancing and praising God, he went into the temple. And the Bible said, everybody in the temple saw him healed. The reason why this is important is this. I was in prayer not long ago and the Lord spoke to me and said, the church will see multiplied, manifold miracles when they begin to pray for lost people. Listen to this. I was in, so I've got a, I've got a, Finally, feel the Lord release me to tell some stories. We had to. We we had to. We listen. We've got to establish some things in the spirit. We have a Bible study group that I was telling you about. We've been getting together at City Barbecue, and uh, it's been amazing, hadn't it, baby? It's. I mean, I come home and I share with her the stuff and the stories, and I'm like, this is this is like. This is stuff I've always dreamed of. Let me tell you how it all started, can I? So, about eight weeks ago, a guy in our church named Dave Cousineau, Dave Cousineau headed up the Air Force Band of Flight for 21 years. And people tell me he's the best guitar player ever okay, um, he's a session musician at Nashville, he does all, all this stuff, whatever, and he's kind of been, and I, and I would say this if he was in here, he's kind of been in, you know, kind of back and forth, he's, you know, he's, he's always, he's never really lost that desire to, you know, I mean, he's traveled with Travis Tritt, and he's traveled with, you know, some pretty big name uh, uh, musical groups and whatever, and, and so it's, it's, it's hard, it's been hard for him to kind of just break away from that kind of thing. And so he called me one day and he said, Pastor, he said, I just got a phone call from an old friend of mine. He said that we used to do Nashville gigs and we used to do stuff with, he said, uh, he he said he was, actually he said he was an American Airlines pilot, but he played bass guitar. He said one of the best bass guitar players you've ever met in your life. He's played everything from black gospel to country and everything in between. Played at the Ryman Auditorium and all this stuff. He said, he wants to meet you. I said, all right, let's set it up. We'll get together. And, uh, and so he said, he said to me, he said, where do you want to meet? And I said, well, let's just have lunch at City Barbecue. So we got together, and we went to City Barbecue, and we sat down, and it was just the three of us. And, um, and we, so we started talking, and we, I, I, I was asking questions. I said, so, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And he was telling me some of his background and whatever. And I said, so how did we get to here today? And he said, uh, Dave is his, the other guy's name, Dave, they're both named Dave. You well, the guitar Dave's. It's 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 lead guitar and bass guitar Dave, and uh, and so bass guitar Dave said, he said I was I was I, I went out to eat with a friend of mine uh, named John, and he said when we went out to eat we uh, he said we 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 were I was sitting there at the table, and he said I kept rubbing my hands like this. And he said, John looked at me, and John goes to a Pentecostal church, and he said, John looked at me and said, why do you keep rubbing your hands like that? And he said, Now, oh, you know, I don't know, years of playing the bass guitar or something, I don't know, he said, I think i got arthritis. And John looked at him and said, God doesn't want you to have arthritis. And he said, he doesn't? Now, I want you to know that David, bass guitar David, not to be confused with lead guitar David, who is in our church, Bass guitar, David said. He said, well, I I mean, how do you do? He he said, I'm never going to church. He was raised in a Catholic school, and he said, when I got 18, he said, I left. And he said, I've never been in church. I never really did the God thing or whatever. He said, give me your hands. Now, this is the same man. This is the same John that prayed for my wife. He said, let me see your hand, and he took his hand, and he reached his hand out, and he put his hand in his hand, and he said, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that all of this arthritis and this pain and whatever the source of it is would leave my friend right now in Jesus' name. Now, listen, he was praying for an unbeliever. Now, when I say unbeliever, I'm saying a, a basically a, a non-serving i mean, he believed in Jesus but I mean he was you know sort of a non-active church he wasn't in he didn't have any church he didn't really serve God in any capacity he just believed in Jesus he said David bass guitar David Spiriton, he says immediately he's telling me this in city barbecue he said immediately he said my hand started tingling and he said and it felt like it was on fire and he says, and when the tingle went away, he said, all of a sudden I realized there was no pain in my hands anymore. Yeah. That's right. That's Jesus, yeah. So he said, how did you do that? He said, well, I, I didn't do anything. He said, I just exercised the authority that God gave me in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's, so, so listen, so David was so intrigued this former bass session bass guitar player from Nashville, former American Airlines pilot, this guy, this guy is now fired up, and he's like, man, I want to know more about this. He went home, and he, he Googled what kind of churches believe in healing. He didn't even know. He didn't even know who this guy was or what he was. So he Googles it, and he found out that there were two kinds of churches that it listed. It said there were charismatic churches and Pentecostal churches. And he said, so he said, well, I've heard of the word Pentecost before. I didn't know what charismatic was, so I looked at Pentecostal. I'm like, that's led from the Lord. He said, I started reading about Pentecostal churches and how they believe in healing. And he says, and I thought, what is Pentecost? And so I Googled, what is Pentecostal? And he said, and, the, and he says, and Google said that Pentecostal is an expression of people that believe that what happened in the Bible on the day of Pentecost is still happening in the world today. That God is expressing himself through his spirit and filling people with his spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. David spirit and went back and he read that again, that God is moving and expressing his power through filling people with the Holy Ghost, uh, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. He said, Lord, I don't know what that means, but I want it. He lifted up his hands and God immediately filled him with the Holy Ghost in his living room. He said, Pastor, he said, I spoke in tongues. I fell over backwards. He said, I felt like my head was on fire. He said, I felt like, he said, I mean, I'm telling you, I felt like I'd gotten a hold of an electric plug. He said, I mean, the, he said, I was shaken and the power of God was flowing. He said, I didn't know if I was gonna die at the end of this or what. He said, when I finally got up, he said, I stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching videos of people. He says, "He said, I searched churches where people received the Holy Ghost. He said, I Googled people speaking in tongues. He said, I stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching people get what I just got. I stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning watching people get healed. He said, Pastor, he said, I believe that God wants to use me to help my friends and people everywhere to get what I've got. He, I said, well, how can I help you? He said, well, I was in, he said, so not long after that, I was in Austin, Texas at my daughter's house. She lives there, and so she invited me to come down. She said, I went, he, or he said, I went down to my daughter's in Austin, and she had a friend that came over, and the woman, this friend, came in, and she was on a cane, and she was walking like this on a cane, and she walked in, and she said, and he said she was a young woman, he said she was probably maybe forty, and he said, uh, all the forty-year-old ladies in the house said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she was a young woman. And uh, she, was, she was walking. He said, far too young to be walking on this cane and just hobbling all, all over. And he said, and all of a sudden, when she walked through the door, and I saw her hobble into the house at my daughter's, she, he said, the spirit that moved on me that night started moving on me again. Yeah. And he said, and I could feel the spirit of God speaking to me saying, you can help that lady. Folks, this is a brand new convert that doesn't even have a church or a pastor yet. I believe you need a church and a pastor. And you'll understand why we got into connection in a moment. But listen, he said, he said so I looked at this lady, and he, and you got to understand, he, he's so raw. He doesn't even know how this operates. And so he says, he says to this lady, he says, what happened to you? And she said, well, she said, I had an accident. She said, I hurt my back, and then I fell, and I hurt my hip. And she said, and it's just been a long process. And she said, nothing healed right. And she said, the doctor said, I'll probably be some degree of handicap the rest of my life. He said, I can help you. She said, are you a doctor? He said, no. He said, but I represent right, represent Jesus Christ. And by this time, he had read all of the scriptures of the New Testament. By this time, two weeks into it, and he'd read the New Testament three times. He said, and the Bible said that Jesus healed all that were afflicted. I represent him today. And so, here's what he said. He said, I can heal you. He said, I've since learned that, I, he, said, he said, I don't say I can heal you. He said, I mean, he was just expressing this reality that God has given him authority. And so, like, you know, God's given me this, and so I'm going to use it, right? If God gives you the checkbook, you say to a person, here, I can write you a check for $100. You know it's God's money, but and that's just where he was at, right? Here, let me write you a check out of God's checkbook. I can write you a check for healing. What do you need? Come here. The woman stepped forward and she said, "All right." He said, "I didn't know what I was supposed to do, so I just pointed at her." He said, "In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever's causing the pain, be gone. I command healing to come to your body right now." She He said, "I said, what did she do, bro?" He said, "She stood there for a minute." I said, "What did you do?" He said, "I just waited." He said, and all of a sudden, a tear came down. And then she started shaking. And he said, and when she started shaking, he said, I pointed my finger again and said, right there, that's it. The healing's coming to you. I command it in Jesus' name to come on you right now. Sudden, she threw her cane down and hit her knees and lifted her hands and started speaking in tongues. Didn't even know anything about it. This dude's been in this dude's been filled with the Holy Ghost for two weeks. <laughs> He said, "I." He said, "In my searching online, he said I found a group." He said that we're having a meeting in Austin. He said it was a pastor from Europe that had been kicked out of his country because they—they apparently I don't know what the whole story is, but anyway, they kicked him out of his country because he was uh, practicing medicine without a license. (laughs) He was healing people. This dude was going out on the street. He was a Lutheran pastor somewhere from Europe and he was healing people and he was praying for people and God was filling him with the Holy Ghost on the streets and they kicked him out of the country because he was practicing medicine without a license. He said, I found him online. He said, so I noticed, uh, I, I noticed that he had a deal in Austin. And so he said, so I wanted to go meet him. And he said, when I met him, he said, have you got the Holy Ghost? He said, and told him the story about how he got it. He said, have you been baptized? Uh, he, said, he said, nope, not yet. He said, we're going to baptize you today. And I thought to myself, I thought, uh-oh, I'm going to have to explain baptism to him. Right? And that's okay if we would have had to. He said, he said, let me show you a video. And the guy, watch this, that God spoke to in Europe and said, it's time for a full restoration of apostolic Book of Acts church. Baptizes this guy in a pool and says, I now baptize you unto Christ. Buried with Christ in baptism unto death, raised with Christ into new life. I said, bro, you were baptized the right way. I don't even know. I've never met this guy. I don't even know. He didn't follow him. He just found it. It Just God was leading this thing. I said, okay, so what can I do for you? He said, for the, watch this. He said, for the last almost two years, it's been two years since this happened. He said, I've just been watching videos and trying to find a church. I go here and go there. And he said, and I just can't, I, I, it, it's just dead and stale and I don't, it's horrible. And he said, so I was preaching one day, or, or excuse me, praying one day and said, God, I need somebody to lead me I need somebody to submit to I need somebody to be a covering in my life I need somebody to be an authority in my life God I need a covering amen I need I need somebody to be a head over me I don't want to be a loose cannon I, I want to be a part of the body of Christ and the Lord spoke to him and said call your old friend Dave Cousineau who'll put you in contact with the man that you should submit to So he said, so that's what I'm here for. And then he looked at me and said, do you believe in everything that I've just said? I said, oh, do I? And he reached his hand out and said, then I submit to you in the name of Jesus Christ. The next week he said, can I bring a friend? He brought his friend, Bill, who's a scientist for the government. And then the next week they brought their friend, Dale, and we brought another guy, Jim. And then the next week they, they brought another friend. And then the next week they brought three more friends. And, the, and, and three Wednesdays ago we had 21 at City Barbecue. Brand new Men. Well, with the exception of a few men from our me and a few men from our church, the power of God was so strong, and I'm telling you, we're sitting there eating, and we're just sitting at the table and talking about it, and nobody—I mean, we're not—nobody's getting up and shouting and running around the whatever. But we started talking about it, and one of the new guys sat over there, and we looked, and he had his head down like this. He was a a a a, a, a black man who had actually played. Piano on one of Aretha Franklin's albums. These dudes are like, this is hilarious. We're, I don't know what kind of band we fit to have. We're going to call them the old jammers. <laughs> had played the piano for Aretha Franklin. And we looked over, and he, was, he had been raised Seventh-day Adventist. His, his father was a chancellor at a Seventh-day Adventist uh, college in South Carolina that was started many, many years ago in the time of of, of segregation. And he was led in this church, in this Seventh-day Adventist church, and he said, and all of a sudden, tears started flowing down his face. And he said, if I could get a hold of what you're talking about today, all of a sudden, the brother that's sitting next to him, I call him brother, amen, I don't know what he is yet, amen, God's still working on it all. He just reached his hand down and he grabbed a hold of his hand. He said, Lord, he said, what you did for me two weeks ago, do for him right now. And he lifted up his hands. People in the, in the restaurant, he lifted up his hands and just started speaking in tongues so fluently. I'm here to tell somebody in the building right now, amen, if we'll have, if we'll exercise the authority, if we'll represent Jesus, I'm telling you right now, God is getting ready to do those kinds of things at this church. Do you believe it? Two ladies walked back from the other part of the main dining room and came back and said, Are y'all praying? And we said, Yeah. And it was so funny. Either, I don't know, the other people either kept eating because of self defense. (laughs) I'm not sure what it was. Amen. Either like they were like, you know, it was like, I'm not listening, I'm not listening whatever it was, but it didn't disturb us and apparently we weren't disturbing them and nobody's told the manager and the manager said, man, you guys just keep on coming and doing whatever you're doing, I don't care. Amen. Amen. Two ladies walked back and one lady said, I was just diagnosed with lung cancer. I, She said, I felt the Lord just spoke to me and said, go back there and they're gonna pray for you and God's gonna heal you. She walks back and she said, she stands there. She says, Excuse me. She said, excuse me, excuse me to the people. She said, excuse me, I'm sorry. She said, they're going to pray for me if you don't mind. I was just diagnosed with cancer, but God's going to heal me right now. And we began to pray. Come on, somebody. We began to pray for her. She began to shout. She began to lift her hands. She started speaking with tongues. Another lady walks back and she said, will you pray for me? I'm here to tell somebody right now. The revival is out there. Don't let the devil tell you that people don't want Jesus. Don't let the devil tell you that people aren't interested in God. Don't let the world tell you. Come on, somebody. Don't let the devil tell you that the world is going secular and it's postmodern and post-Christian. That's a lie from hell. There's hungrier people today than has ever been in our country. Let the Holy Ghost break out! Let the Holy Ghost break out! Let the Holy Ghost break out! (laughs) Yola bashatter, yalla labari, yalla labari, abashatter, abahataye. Woo shaka, yalla baria, Look, this is part of our group. This is part of our group. That's Dave. That's a doctor. That's Dave Spirited. That's Dale. He he published Petra's last album. That's Bill. That's that's just listen. Folks, listen. I'm not just telling you. Here they are. I got the pictures right here. I want somebody to understand. I was driving down the road today. I went to pick up the, uh, some, some some coffee at Starbucks. And I walked in and the Holy Ghost said, they're hungry and they're hungry and they're hungry. And there were people sitting outside. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you cannot judge it by the look on their face. You cannot judge it by their first response. You cannot judge it. Oh, I hear stop looking at people and thinking boy they'd make a good saint i'm gonna tell you something right now okay so we're not in the leave it to beaver era okay so this isn't my three sons this isn't the time of that era where, where, you know, people just had sort of a God consciousness. I'm going to tell you something right now. You may say, Boy, I wish we could go back to that time. I wish we, I'm going to tell you something right now. Christianity was stale and it was cold and it was barren and people were satisfied with their dry, boring Christianity. Sure, there were more people that called themselves Christian, but there were far fewer people that knew that they were lost. I'm here to tell some, Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm here to declare, you In the name of Jesus, that there's hungry people around you that you don't even recognize yet. There's hungry people at your work. There's hungry people at your school. You know what? That might not look like a praise and worship band yet. That may not look like the choir. But I'm going to tell you what it looks like. That looks like a revival to me. Are you tracking with me? You know what our problem is? Our problem is is we've asked the same people over and over and over again. Nothing wrong with inviting people to church. We invite them to church and say, why don't you come to church with me? Why don't you come to church? And then finally, they, they, they invite, they come to church or come special thing just to get you to stop asking them. And we hope that something falls on them and something touches them. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. We need to stop relying. And, and please, don't get me wrong. We need to stop relying on artificial means. I hope they like our coffee. I hope they like that that's all awesome. We got a cafe. I'm not I'm not dogging any of that. We got a cafe, we do donuts, we got all that stuff. People ought to walk in and go, dude, this place is top notch, this is awesome, I love it. This is okay, that's fine. Which you don't have to swing on the pendulum into the realm of stupidity. What I'm saying is it's for so long we've relied. We said, man, let's get the best and the brightest. Let's get them together. They'll create programs. And then they sell it to the church, and then church becomes salesman for the church. I'm, I had people that I pastored, that they, they were better salesmen for our church than Jesus. They could sell how awesome the church was. They'd be like, oh, you ought to come to my church. My church is awesome. For crying out loud, tell them how awesome Jesus is. They got these shirts, you know, I love my church. I told my brother the other day, how many of y'all love Chris Dillingham? You know him? Hey man, my, I told my brother the other day, he said the people had the church or, or shirt says, I love my church. I wish, I said, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna get shirts to say, I love my Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Nothing wrong with loving your church, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. Something's wrong. If you're a better salesman for your church than you are for the God that changed your life. Come on, let's start being bold. Woo! Listen, how many of you heard the story this morning that I told about my wife? You heard that story I told about my wife? My wife has had chronic back pain for close to a year. she'd, She'd get out of bed, she'd sleep for an hour, maybe two hours. She'd get out of bed and she'd go into the living room. And she'd lay uh, on on the couch or kneel at the couch. She'd kneel there. And, and she said, the only way that I could get any kind of relief was it just sort of spread those discs out in the bottom of the back. And the man that play, prayed for David Spirit and for for God to heal his hands, prayed for my wife, asked her to sit down, took her feet. He said, well, look here. My wife My wife started. She did what we do as Pentecostals. She... she, she she sat down, she lifted up her hands and closed her eyes and started praying. He said, he said sister, sister, he said, stop. He said, open your eyes. You need to see this. You, you need to see what God's getting ready to do right here. Like, watch, what are you doing? That's what we do, right? We, we've we've, we've got these We've got these automated responses. God's getting ready to move. God's like open your eyes. You know where that comes from? I'm gonna tell you where that comes, from. that comes from. That comes from the fear of the latter rain movement that came in the the, the the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And the latter rain movement was, and it was, it was ridiculous, and there was a lack of authority, but you got powerful authority in this church. I'm gonna tell you something right now. There's not, there, there's not a bunch of churches that I could preach what I'm preaching tonight, amen, and, and not have ze- zero fear of wildfire breaking out. Now, some churches, I'm not afraid of wildfire to break out because they got enough wet blankets to put it out. But I'm not afraid of wildfire at this church because I believe that you've got a well-established authority structure. How many believe in the man of God tonight? How many believe this is the authority structure in this church? If God, listen, if God establishes dominion governmentally through Jesus Christ, then there must be government in the body of Christ. Amen. Jesus is the head, and God says, I'm going to put you in a position to make sure the body is functioning properly. Amen. Why? Because all of the dominion of Jesus Christ is expressed through his body in the earth it's not jesus just floating around metaphysically it's jesus in you you ready for this do you know why you need to be consecrated do you know why you need to be consecrated not because of pentecostal culture Pentecostal culture has been established because of things that are biblical. It's not, listen, we need to be consecrated not because of Pentecostal culture. We need to be consecrated because, watch, because in the world in which we live right now, the kingdom of God is not evidenced by going to Jesus' castle and throne somewhere. You cannot go to a physical address. You cannot go to a physical uh, building and see Jesus' lordship and power and authority like the Queen of Sheba went in and saw Solomon and she was overwhelmed with all of this stuff that happened. Do you know why we need to be consecrated? Because the only place that people can see the power and the wonder and the beauty of Jesus Christ's lordship is when it's established in the hearts and lives of his people believers the kingdom must be evidenced in us one more story one more story God's getting ready to do something in this house I feel faith in this place no I don't feel it Let let me rephrase that Feel faith in this place. I know faith is, or I know authority is in this place. Did you know feelings are the lowest order of authority? If you've got to feel it, then you're subject to your senses. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You can rest assured that the devil will put you into a situation. Where you need the authority, but because of the circumstance that's happening right now, you can't feel it. And mm. watch, watch. I want you to, I want you to capture something right here. There was a man in our church that came forward, and we got a kind of a high platform. It's probably here, right? We got a high platform, and, uh, and he came up, and he put his hands on the platform like this, and he had his leg like this, and he was just going, oh, Jesus, 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 and he, he started intensifying, and we were in the middle of worship, and it was on a Wednesday night, and it started intensifying his, his worship and his, and his plea to the Lord, and I was standing there, and I was listening to him And I was praying, I stretched my hand out, and I'm like, Jesus, touch him. We were worshiping, right? And I said, Jesus, touch him, Lord, touch him, God, touch him, Jesus. And he just started crying out more. And he said, Lord, heal my knee tonight, God. I can't take it anymore, God. I can't take the pain anymore, God. Touch me tonight, Jesus. The Lord spoke to me. And he said, you can either go over there, and you could put a little Wednesday night prayer on him. And send him back to his seat and hope he gets healed. Or you can go pray for him until he's healed. He said, If you, if, but he says, if you make up your mind to do the second one, I promise you he will be healed. That's what the Lord said to me. So I said, God, I don't care if every person in the building just says, Well, apparently, this is pray for Danny tonight, Danny night. And they all leave and get in their cars and go home. I don't care if the whole church, if it's just me and that man at the end of this night. God, I am not leaving him until he's healed. God said he will be healed. I walked over to him and I put my hand on his head. And then I leaned down and I touched his knee. And here's what I said. And it was just like this. It wasn't, I mean, it was like this. I leaned down and I said, and he was standing there. And I said, God... In the name of Jesus, I command healing to come to this knee right now. And all of a sudden, I felt his knee go. And he goes, he's standing there and he goes. He's doing like this. He's riding a pony. And he takes off and he says, The pain's gone. Hey, everybody. He he was, didn't he? Didn't he? He said, hey, everybody. The pain's gone. The pain's gone. There was a guy, first time visitor, first or second. I know he hadn't been there more than twice. First time visitor is on the back row. He comes out. And he goes, he doesn't know how this works. He just raises his hand. He said, I'm next. (laughs) Walks down the aisle and he said, I need my knee healed. (laughs) Lord spoke to me and said, you don't pray for him. You have Danny pray for him. Danny did exactly what I did. He went like this. He put his hand on him. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this knee to be healed right now in Jesus' name. And I was standing there. I heard audibly this man's knee go pop like that. He said, Danny looked up at me and said, I don't know if he's freaking out or he's like, I think I might have just broke his dick. I'm telling you, miracle signs and wonders is the funnest thing I've ever been a part of. Listen, the guy, his knee went like this. And the guy went, my knee just shifted. And the first time visitor said, God just healed me. God just healed me. Was it Pauline Rose? Pauline Rose was next. She goes, well, I guess it's a knee night. (laughs) Didn't she? She said, I guess it's a knee night. And she walked up and God healed her. And in the course of an hour, we had over 30 people supernaturally, miraculously healed by the power of God. Let me tell you why I say this. You can stand with me, because I don't want you to think that witnesses of Acts one and eight is watchers of something that happens, but rather representers of the God who has all authority. I'm read one more scripture for you, and then we're going and we're going to pray for some people to get healed tonight. Anybody need healed in this place? Is there anybody that needs healed? Okay. All right. Colossians 1, 15 and 18. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. God wants to have preeminence in your life. So that his preeminence would be exhibited in the earth. Now listen to Romans 6. I'm going to go to Romans 6 and 9. Romans chapter 6 verse 9. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him for the for the death that he died he died to sin once for all but the life that he lives he lives to God likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord therefore not therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness of sin but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. What causes all sickness? Sin. Not not just the sin we committed, but just sin. The Bible said, who sinned that he was born blind, him or his parents? He said, neither. In other words, he said, but that the works of God might be manifest through him. Brokenness, broken bodies, bodies that don't operate properly. It's a result of sin. But Jesus broke the curse. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com I'm- going away.